0: Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt.
1: I'm Terry Funk's dog.
0: And I'm Schmidt Master Shane. (laughs) Welcome to episode 108, ECW Hardcore TV. It's hardcore. It's hardcore. This was the 38th episode produced by ECW. The matches shown would actually take place on December 26th, 1993 at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. Pennsylvania during a live event called Holiday Hell Ooh. with an attendance of 800 people so edgy, hell did Santa it, show up there? he might have oh.
2: but the, if he,
1: did, he probably pulled the beard off and hit him over the head with a cellular telephone
2: <laughs> the red suit was just blood soaked <laughs> but then would
0: be shown two days later on TV but since we're in ECW that means we're in Philadelphia oh are we ever Motown Philly really
1: back again.
2: Wonder no wonder no, if no, Shane
0: no. Could bring us something even more delicious. Oh, than a Philly cheesesteak. It's getting uh, it's getting tricky
2: with old Philly because you know we're there so often and I can only do so much from this far away that you know eventually I have to start making stuff on my own because you know yeah you can get a Philly cheesesteak but things that are signature to Philly, you can't necessarily find here as easily, so you gotta get creative. So I was doing my deep dive, trying to figure out what sandwiches to try, what foods, you know, I've, I've hit us with some desserts, so I figured it's time to break away from the sweets after the last couple weeks and actually get back to what this Savor. whole thing started <laughs> some around. Some real
1: ass food. Some real ass food to go with the real ass wrestling. A greasy shit for, for a greasy wrestling time.
2: Fuck Yeah. What most people don't know is, while they are familiar with Philly cheesesteaks, there's also what's known as the quote-unquote other sandwich of Philadelphia. Started up at McNally's Tavern, I believe is what it's called, uh, back in the 70s. A guy named Dennis was a regular at this place. He used to come in, and he drank Schmidt's beer, and he wanted something different, and he decided to ask for a cheesesteak, but he wanted to throw a sauce on it and kind of twist it up a little bit, do something different, and the, I guess, Mr. McNally hit the grill and decided to try up something. He didn't have a, a pizza sauce that this guy Dennis wanted on his uh, sandwich, so he created kind of a Thousand Island type thing and started stacking all this stuff onto a, uh, a nice little toasty Kaiser bun and made a different twist on a Philly known as the Schmitter. It became a, a popular thing, the guy kept coming back ordering it day after day and they ended up putting it on the menu and it's become a staple of Philadelphia. Yeah, the schmitter is a, uh, what I used, a Kaiser roll, toasted it up with some uh, white American cheese, took some uh, thin sliced ribeye, sautéed it, or just kind of grilled it in a, a skillet with some uh, thin sliced onions. Let it get uh, browned while the onions caramelized, stacked it on top of it so some of the juices from the meat would cook down into the onions and the flavor of the onions would cook up into the meat. While that magic was happening, we threw some uh, sliced salami into the pan with uh, another slice of American or white American cheese and a big thick tomato slice on there. Let the uh, salami get nice and crispy, almost like uh, bacon or Canadian bacon in a way, and Stacked it all on top and then topped it all off with Thousand Island dressing.
1: This is it's... the kind of sandwich that you would want to eat after drinking eight beers mm-hmm. uh, Or maybe then is this is a hangover sandwich? Yes
2: That's pretty freaking good. i beautiful a grease bomb. Delicious <laughs> grease bomb. Yes Thinking maybe some garlic maybe maybe something for heat, but I mean, flavor wise, I can see. A, I can see a a, steak, a pickle tomato, on here, cheese,
1: maybe,
0: pork, yeah creamy sauce. Fuck yeah! Well, while Shane takes a bite out of yeah. this delicious sandwich and then wipes his hands because it's it is greasy, mm-hmm. but yes. it's so tasty. You know, what's good
2: when it makes a mess and tastes great all at the same time.
0: Some things that happened right around the same time as this episode of Hardcore TV, mm-hmm. we the weekend before. We would see a plethora of films released to the theater: Philadelphia, mm-hmm. oh,
1: good movie;
0: Grumpy Old Men, Oh, good nice. movie; Tombstone, good movie; and Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Jesus.
1: Was that was Phantasm that went to the theater?
0: Yeah. Okay. They
1: released it into the theater. It's really good. Um, of course, it's some some uh, real Batman nerds would call it the best Batman movie. I'm not a real-ass Batman nerd, but I know I've seen this, and I know that this is kind of like... Had the animated series started, or does this kind of kicks that off? It's actually in the middle somewhere. Okay. So yeah, this is like... But it's it's canon with that, right?
0: Yeah, it's part of that universe. Okay,
1: yeah. I. It's good, so it's really good. All these movies are really good.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, all these movies got released on the same weekend? I'm Quite like... Insane. Mm-hmm. Speaking
1: of... Um, Talked about Bruce last week. Bruce Springsteen song for Philadelphia is (laughs) fucking great. Both those songs for Philadelphia are great.
2: And then the week before that, we talked about Bruce and how you got nine months to come up with the name and the best (laughs) to come up with, huh? Uh,
1: And then Grumpy Old Men, which spawned, which was a much bigger hit than I think they ever expected. Oh, definitely had a sequel. I saw Grumpy Old Men. I've seen Grumpy Old Men more than all of these movies. It was on TV a lot, Mm -hmm. and it was funny. And you could watch it with your mom and your grandma, and like it's just, it's a somehow a, it, it just kind of worked. It just yeah. kind of like fit its way in there, where it's like, oh, like as it's in nineteen ninety three, nobody had any business sitting me down and watching, making me watch Philadelphia. <laughs> I was born in nineteen eighty seven. Philadelphia is not really gonna work on me at that point yeah, in time.
0: A little deep of a subject for you. Yeah,
1: in, yeah. like incredible movie. I. I've Ad- seen it I adore awesome. it uh the scene after the party where Tom Hanks is kind of drunk and plays some classical music for um Wesley Snipes he stands at washington sorry, and uh they do the dance thing, it's so good, but he still never quite turns, which makes it a little bit more realistic and upsetting for it, but in a good way
2: Nah, it was. I mean, I watched that one in the theaters. I was sixteen at the time, and a closeted gay kid myself. So I imagine Philadelphia was worked up. It was awesome, probably. Oh yeah, but then it was also scary too because it was the first movie that I had really watched, yeah, you know, regarding you know, AIDS and that kind of thing. So it was, oh, it was very very telling of what the future could hold if. I didn't yeah. take control of life, but... It's a,
1: yeah, pretty... Amazing
2: harrowing. movie. Tom Hanks was very, very, very deserving of the uh, Best Actor Oscar, Absolutely. and everything else he won for that.
1: What's funny is that Jonathan Demme made Philadelphia, because he was a very, like, empathetic guy, but he made um, Silence of the Lambs, one of the most influential movies, uh, look at every television show about murder. It's like, oh, okay, well, here's the blueprint. But uh, the way that the like trans and gay character in that film was portrayed like he was felt kind of bad about it afterwards so he wanted to make a more human film about people of that were not heteronormative or whatever and he uh did a pretty good job of it <laughs> if mean, Philadelphia doesn't doesn't tear you up you who are you
2: Jonathan Demme was on a a role in the the mid-90s or the start of the 90s anyways. I'm trying to remember what else he had in there, but I mean... I mean, Something Wild is really fun. Um, oh, that's right. That was him. Of course, the greatest concert film of all
1: time, Stop Making Sense. for the talking heads. None of them. He's a cool and interesting guy. We've got Tombstone, a movie that was so popular. I didn't see it as a small child, but my dad thought that Kurt Russell was so cool in that movie that he tried <laughs> to curl his mustache for like six months it's and my, grow it up. It's my favorite <laughs> Western. Is it? Yeah. I, the last time I tried to watch it was uh, a, a big handful of years ago, and I was like, this is really long, and I just don't think I'm in the mood right now, but I've seen it before, and it is good, but...
0: Uh, and I quote multiple lines from this movie, because, I mean, the obvious it one... It was a very quotable movie, because like, my dad, is, his friends... Like, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yep, I mean, yeah. that's the obvious one. But I also quote, and hell's coming with me.
2: Hey, let's not forget, a lot of people, including The Office... and still quote Philadelphia and the explain it to me like I'm a five- year old
1: <laughs> <laughs> what else is TV for uh, one funny thing about Tombstone is the guy that directed it didn't really do a whole lot else but his son is the guy that made Mandy which is a movie that was pretty recently came out pretty recently it was very weird so weird I mean I like it but I like weird shit but I just think it's kind of funny that this one guy had this huge hit but it just kind of started and stopped with Tombstone
0: in a way I mean I know Batman Masculine Phantasm is not really on the same level as these other three it's one of the better Batman movies but it's definitely something that needs to be mentioned as the animated series is to like some people the, the Batman like Kevin Conroy as Batman is like the Batman yeah, for some people like, Mark this, like you said this movie is considered possibly the best Batman movie by some people animal. like I mean you're a
1: bigger Batman fan than I am like where does this one rank for you
0: I mean, I still like the, you know, Batman 89 better, but that's just, that's because I love Michael Keaton. I no, mean, I mean it, that, that was my first Batman, so. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't even really watch the animated series when it came out. Because, was, I mean, obviously I was... Yeah. Watching like, cartoons back then wasn't as... I was cool. the right... I mean, I was hour. 12, so I mean, I guess yeah. technically I was about the right age, but it just, like, some... I
1: remember that the show was so popular that my aunt... Was like talking to me about it. Like, of course, uh, I would be into it, but I never—I don't know—I never stayed on anything for too long, which is probably why you guys hear me talk about some I mean, weird X-Men. shit all the time. I loved
0: X-Men the cartoon. But yeah. For some reason, I just never got into the Batman cartoon. I always and think about so, it,
1: but I'm like, oh, I'll, maybe I'll go back one day. But I was a total Nickelodeon. I kid. Mean, I had cable, and for me, like the weird sense of humor of. Like Rugrats and um, Ren and Stimpy and all that stuff, all real monsters later. Like, I think that that's where I draw my sense of humor from is these, the weird Nickelodeon, Pete and Pete, which is still my favorite show of all time. But like, so the superhero stuff didn't work on me as much as like the comedy stuff that had jokes in it that I probably didn't get at the time, but got when I was older and I watched cartoons all through high school, so.
2: Well, since I asked Matt, what's your favorite Batman movie? That's a tough one. I like the Keaton one. I'm not gonna lie, I I find uh, Batman Forever a guilty pleasure, because... I
1: love the Schumacher ones for their, just,
2: I absurdity. I think was a very underrated Batman.
0: I mean, the thing with the two Schumacher Batmans, you compare them to the, the Burton Batmans, they're wacky and they're out of place. Yes. Yeah. But when you just compare them to if you if they're if you're they in a vacuum by themselves like they're they're fun movies yeah they're absolutely fun like you will not be bored at all. I mean, go watch Batman sixty six and then go watch the Schumaker, I love Schumaker ones. And, I was a big fan. And you're of, like okay, this fits.
1: Yeah, I was a big fan of the Batman TV series because oh yeah, they would play the reruns. I think right before Scooby Doo, my sister was really into Scooby Doo, <laughs> and I liked the goofy Batman uh, reruns quite a bit. Mine is, I think. Batman returns and I think because it's a movie with two villains and it's like not even a Batman movie like I don't think Batman shows up for like 45 minutes and it's really weird in a gross movie and yeah. uh, I quite like it. It's a tough call. I it mean, is hard. There's they all have their merits with ex- the exception of maybe I don't know the Bane one was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's one. There's, there's two Bane ones. Oh, well, the Bane one with Tom Hardy <laughs> was bad.
2: Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh... uh, You you throw Mr. Freeze in there, and I'm
0: done. I can't do it anymore. Well, let's see if you can do this hardcore TV some more. Uh, Let's try. The lights are out in the arena, but when they come on, Sabu is down, while Shane Douglas and Sherry are in the ring grabbing the ref. What the hell is going on? And then we go to the opening video montage with the loya.
1: Oh yes, the ba- Bad Blue logo And our montage has some more I think the music's a little different And we got some more clips of gnarlier shit we're, we're revving up
0: Joey Styles then welcomes us to the show And sends us to a clip of something interesting But it happens to be just be our first match Of Pitbull versus Chad Austin uh, Pitbull looks so badass mm-hmm. Who is Pitbull? He's that guy that was on the screen why, he doesn't we, really ever do anything. That's other. crazy.
1: He looks like so badass. He's got like, he looks like a lean Jeff Cobb. Yeah, it looks. He looks great and mean and he's really yeah. nasty here. I was like, who I had to who look him this? up to see
2: if he really was somebody crowd. I hadn't recognized yet yeah. because yeah, he he had the the physique and
0: the look and everything
2: and the attitude. Yeah, I was very
0: surprised. I was like, this guy and, is doing it. This was actually his ECW debut. Crazy. That was great. And Tony Rumble, I don't know who he is either, joins Joey on commentary. Pitbull hits a back suplex and several fist drops to begin. An elbow drop, body slam, and a head slam into a turnbuckle. Follows that up with a clothesline and goes for the pin. But he pulls him up at two. He's already The The arrogant pin. Arrogant pin.
1: He's just like, I'm going to make my mark now. Chad Austin.
0: Pitbull continues the attack with a Russian leg sweep and a powerbomb, followed by a vertical suplex. Goes for the cover, but again pulls him up at two. Pitbull with a forearm, leg drop, another cover to again pull him up before biting Austin's forehead. Chad would be sent to the ropes, ducking a clothesline, and comes back with a spinning heel kick for the pin and And the win. win. The wrong man won. Or
1: did he? <laughs> yes. Pitbull was great here. I'm pro-Pitbull.
0: Post-match, Pitbull is pissed off.
1: Yes, and he, he con- was pissed off before the match ended.
0: And he continues to attack Austin with a hot shot that sends Chad over the ropes to the floor, rolling back in to deliver a clothesline and multiple falling fists. When Sandman comes running down to the ring to make the save. Sandman in his babyest of blues... Jason, the sexiest man on earth, then comes out as well jumping on the apron to distract Sandman, allowing Pitbull to hit him from behind, sending him out to the floor and running him into the ring post. Posted. Chance of Sandman sucks coming from all over the arena before Pitbull hits an arm breaker DDT and hitting Sandman in the shoulder with a chain.
1: So yeah, Pitbull's already over immediately. We got Sandman sucks, I and mean, I don't know why else they hate him,
0: or they just want Sandman to go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, yeah, maybe, maybe.
2: Yeah, I'm just confused on um, when you have somebody debut against a jobber and have them lose.
1: A guy with a name like Pitbull that looks like a guy like Pitbull that just had a performance like this guy named Pitbull. I agree. I was, <laughs> yeah, completely, I it. I was
0: completely shocked. I was like, "What? Wait, what?" Huh? Yeah,
1: I was expecting to be like, "Oh, Pitbull um, went Squashmere. to jail tom- tomorrow, <laughs> and now, and that's why his wrestling
0: career went away because he's as nasty as we thought he was." We then get Maddie in the house, and I'm not talking about me. Recapping what we just saw, before sending us to highlights of Mr. Hughes versus Sandman.
1: You know, Maddie in the house kind of looks like Chase Owens, the Texas Heavyweight Champion,
0: right? We get highlights from a match where we see Hughes charging out of a corner with a clothesline and starts beating on the Sandman in the corner before hitting a hard Irish whip, and Sandman hits shoulder first into the ring post. So Hughes starts working that shoulder, followed by hitting a shoulder breaker. We then go to Jason. That was a big cat. The sexiest man on the earth. In the back. And he says, you're all asking the same question. What was I doing? When Sam Man stuck his nose in the business of my good friend Pitbull, he made it my business by making the worst mistake of his life. When Sam Man told him no to being his scent manager, so Jason trying to be Sam Man's manager, Sam Man's like, "Don't think so."
1: I got peaches.
0: So he goes and helps Pitbull instead.
1: And we, Have we seen Jason before?
0: Yeah, he's shown up a couple times. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean here he they're like, they give him promos and he's doing his thing, but I don't think he's. It's like I when I was watching, him, I was like, I think we've not we haven't seen him like this.
0: He kind of did a promo at the end of the last episode we saw, where he like Joey was interviewing, asked him about the Sherry and Medusa thing, and he basically made okay. it about himself.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. But it was one of those things, like, not memorable after they just had this exactly. weird yelling match in a yeah. hotel lobby. Yeah,
2: the I fucked Greg Valentine. Mm-hmm. Well, I fucked him better or whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> weird flex, I think they say. Yeah. We go to our second match of Rockin' Rebel versus Don E. Allen. And Rebel attacks before the bell, pulling Allen's shirt over his head before tossing him out to the floor. What a boob. Rebel brings Don back into the ring with a vertical suplex, chokes, elbow drops, a back elbow, head slams into turnbuckles, and hard chops before throwing Alan back out to the floor. Don comes off into the ring with a sunset flip, but Rebel holds onto the ropes until the ref kicks them off, allowing Alan to get a two count.
1: Dirty little ref.
0: Rebel then shoves the ref, turns in time to catch Don going for a crossbody, slamming him to the mat. And picks him up to hit a pile driver for the pin and, and the win.
1: Well, I mean, at least the jobber lost in this match.
0: Tony Rumble says that Rebel has more power than Paul Orndorff.
2: The fuck is up with that? Yeah, what's the sh- what's with the shade? Or are they trying to bring Paul in? Paul to the ex- Eastern side? I Who knows? Know. <laughs> Paul is
1: so much better. But I was just like, than okay, Tony
2: Rumble. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they've got. But they've had Morocco, Snuka, Santana, Terry Funk, Pitbull has more. Got to bring in
1: more Paul vibe to than, than Paul than
2: than uh but than Paul Rock and Roll.
0: Well w- w- I know, WCW. but yeah. he's
2: he's in the the same age bracket as all those other ones, so they they need That's new old but, blood. but I mean, how much better does he
1: look without a murder rap? Because <laughs> I mean, Snuka looks
0: great. But ECW starting to move towards moving away from those guys just to get a cheap pop. Yeah. They're good. They're working their guys basically, and they're about to prove it. And see,
2: also, I wasn't for sure if Orndorff eventually ended up there for a little bit. So he might. I'm not sure. We'll
0: find out. We then go to Joey Styles, and he starts talking about the next match, even giving away the winner before we show. Before they show the match, I was like, "You son of a bitch!" But we're not going to tell you who it is. No, why would we? Yeah, because we're not Joey Styles. So we got our third match: Sabu with Paul E. Dangerously versus Terry Funk with Bad Breed of Axel and Ian Rotten in a no-DQ match for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. Homicidal. Suicidal. So the story behind this match was that Sabu had won the title from Shane Douglas. We saw that the last time. Yeah, with a salt, real quickly. Mm-hmm. Before going to November to remember, a non-televised event... For a tag team match with the winner take all. Sabu and his partner Road Warrior Hawk would face Terry Funk, the ECW television champion at the time, and his partner King Kong Bundy. Ooh, king of the five count. Sabu would pin Terry after Bundy turned on him to become a double champion. Homicide. Suicidal. So the champ comes out first foreshadowing.
1: I love these, like, Sabu legitimately. It looked like they tied him up because the way they cut to it, he's, like, losing his shit, but he's just really selling this him tied to a dolly gimmick. So incredibly. It's wild.
0: So the match goes out to the floor immediately with Sabu chasing Funk when the maniac swings a chair at Terry. Back in the ring, Sabu with chokes until Funk drags Sabu out to the floor where he begins to chop away, pulling the maniac back into the ring only to toss him out to the other side.
1: Yeah, he's like pulls him in from the front of the hard cam and pushes him out the back of the hard cam. Yeah,
0: it's, the energy is, is here. Terry slams Sabu on a table, grabs a chair, slamming it across the maniac. Back in the ring, Funk hits multiple pile drivers for two counts before Terry just leaves to head to the back. And I was like, but you're not the... Why would you leave? You're (laughs) Um, not the champion.
1: And you also got the drop on the boy at the moment. Yeah. This match
0: is kind of cut up a little bit, so we move forward in the match with Funk laying on the mat while Sabu has a chair, slamming it across Terry's back before hitting Air Sabu. Which is where he Leaps up off of a chair into a forearm in the corner.
1: Yeah, good shit.
0: We move forward again as this match, as we see Sabu hitting a body slam and a split-legged moonsault for a two-count. Funks up, tosses Sabu to the floor, and follows out with a crossbody off the apron. But the maniac responds with a back body drop on the concrete.
1: People are going wild, and this match feels more like a fucking fight than a lot of wrestling matches. Like, there's the right kind of sloppiness and, uh, like, energy that, like, yeah, there's these big Sabu spots and Terry Funk's doing crossbodies and whatnot, but, like, this has a very, like, a, a more organic energy than uh, I was quite expecting.
0: Back in the ring, Sabu with a leg drop across the back, while the handler would bring a table out which, after tossing Terry to the floor, would toss him into the table. The two men roll back in, where Funk hits several headbutts, which knocks them both down, while the bad breed toss a table into the ring, where Terry sets it up in the corner. The two men are brawling away when Sabu tosses Funk into the table multiple times. But it must be be reinforced. They didn't score this one, boys. Sabu then punches the ref and throws him into the table as well. ...before hitting a springboard moonsault onto Bad Breed at ringside and into the crowd. Terry's Irish whipped into the table again, and this time it breaks in half, sending Funk over to the floor. We move forward in the match once again to Sabu body-slamming Terry in the ring on the table... ...before going for a moonsault, which Funk doesn't completely get out of the way of. No. That just catches some of it. (laughs) Yeah. Bad Breed's attacking the handler at ringside while Terry applies the spinning toehold, only for Paul E. to run into the ring, hitting Funk over the head with the phone. Then he drags Sabu on top. But Shane Douglas and Sherry Martel then hit the ring, with Shane nailing Sabu with a chain-wrapped fist, while Sherry jumps on the back of Dangerously. The lights go out, and when they come back on, Douglas has grabbed the ref, while Funk has covered Sabu for the pin... And And the win. win. And new Post-match, Shane and Sherry check on Terry along with Bad Breed. And then Sabu hits a somersault plancha onto Douglas. While Paul E. hits Ian Rotten with his phone.
1: It's wild out here. We're going full ECW. I can't, like, stress how intense Sabu is and how intense everybody... Like, everybody's standing up this whole, you know, whatever we get of this match. Like,
0: everyone's into it. He's so intense that because there's a, still a table standing in the ring, oh, yeah. Sabu springboard moonsaults himself onto the table to break it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that... yeah.
2: He's homicidal and suicidal, guys. I've said it a few Remind times. Remind me of when Ric Flair eventually starts
0: you know, elbow-dropping his jacket or whatever. Just... <laughs> yeah. We go to the back where Paulie Dangerously is there, and he goes on a rant, basically about not giving any comments.
1: (laughs) The man that can talk about nothing.
0: We then go to Terry Funk with Bad Breed in the back, and Terry starts going on about he is better than all the greatest wrestlers ever, that he comes from the greatest wrestling family. He then starts telling a story about how Dory Sr. took his dog out and shot it after it had bitten Terry. Saying the same eyes that the dog had are the eyes that he saw on Sabu.
1: Such a good like, way to put Sabu over even though you just
0: beat him. We then go back to Paulie, And he starts talking about how it's not about titles for Sabu. He doesn't care who wins between Shane and Funk. Who are going to meet in a couple weeks. Sabu only cares about blood and destruction. And, and for the it. first time, he has a personal hatred for Terry, and wants to kill him.
2: I know. I'm just like trash the TV title just because. You think Sabu cares about the TV title?
1: Sabu doesn't give a fuck about anything. That's why, like, <laughs> he like one point, and maybe maybe we'll work his way back up there, going through this rise of ECW, was like my one of my favorite wrestlers because the the energy is palpable when Cebu is at his best. When he has, when he shares his eyes with Terry, dog, Terry Funk's dog, who is
0: living in dog hell. The show then fades to black, and I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of this episode of Hardcore TV? They put Cebu over so well,
1: while still taking the belt off of him mm-hmm. that it is somehow n- nonsensical and perfect we're just like oh well i don't know if we've seen it done this believable before it's like oh he's crazy it's like oh no we watched the 10 minutes that they had in this episode rec- like at least recorded or what they cut together sabu legitimately looks and feels crazy yeah like, they told me who won, and I was watching it, and I was sucked in, like, tracked it, what do you call that? Tractor beam. Tractor beam. They tractor-beamed <laughs> me into the violence, the bad video quality, whatever, but, like, it legitimately was, like, ah, uh, would have done anything to be in that room right then It was how I felt in the few minutes that this was going on, like, oh, my God.
2: The sound effects or the sound problems that they had on this specific show actually worked in its favor because it made you lean in yeah to, to hear what that, they were saying i can, you know, I can see that and, for and sure. uh, paulie it's it's amazing to look at the promo that he did at the end of this show here because as you're watching it he could do the exact same thing today, or he could use a promo from today and use it back then. And I mean, delivery
1: is a little bit different now, but because he's older and wiser and a little less yeah, he he's knows, more calculated. But there's still calculation here. Yeah. Yeah. he's just not as like brash,
2: but he's just as on point then as he is today. At least to me, I mean, he, he hasn't is. mastered the the you know the perfect emphasis on specific words and whatnot, but he. Got on there, said what he had to say, you know, changed his voice throughout it, pulled you in closer, and then, you know, kicked you in the nuts in the process of, you know, this is how it's going to be, get used to it, or get the fuck out.
1: He is one of the best non-wrestling promos of all time, right? Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, I literally wrote, like, you have to go watch this last match and the promos afterwards. Yeah, if you watch it, this and, like, like, you're like I
1: don't understand ECW, it's like, well, watch this and understand that this is where it really gets going, and tell me that you can't just feel the energy. Yep.
0: I literally wrote the word, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, it's palpable. This,
0: this right here, is the reason why Paul is considered one of the geniuses in the wrestling world. I mean, yeah, he... Because he put together that match, he did all these promos, that... Totally sold me on what this is, and it sets up the next thing, puts everyone over. It's I'm almost, so ready to see all of it. It's almost
1: like he uh, saw what Cactus Jack had been like trying to do, and got to do sometimes with his like crazy matches, and then also, you know, he's got the gift of gab, but he doesn't have. The like printed rules in his brain about wrestling, like Jim Cornette does, where it's like wrestling is like one thing to Jim Cornette. He does not interested. There's like a formula. It's like a it's like algebra for him. Like this is what works, and he's not wrong about it working and it not working. But what Polly dangerously starts here divides by zero, and now your algebra doesn't quite work the same way. Sometimes you sometimes you plug everything in, and you don't always get the right answer and however you feel about it this is kind of the like true start of that but i feel like there's no way he wasn't inspired by some of the like the stuff that cactus jack was probably talking about trying to do in the back in wcw and him being able to do it here in some true basically underground bullshit (laughs) like true like there's no there's no rules we got a small room and we can keep coming up here
0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So, what are the best moments of this show?
1: Sabu tied up, looking like they just tied him up, but no, he was just like it looked like they tied him. He was trying to get away, but no, he was trying to get out of there so he could commit
0: violence. And when we see our first air Sabu, we see the split-legged moonsault. Yes which is always fun
1: and he's so crisp here but he has even like it seems so very everything's unhinged it feels there's moments the smaller moments that are not sabu doing flip moves or like traditional like pile drivers or wrestling moves when they're like brawling on the side of the ring and stuff i think is the shit that looks more shoot than anything we've even watched at this point and Terry Funk, of course, is also very good at that. Oh, yeah. And definitely. he's a huge part of that, like, working. He's Terry fucking Funk. Yeah. He's, this is Terry Funk brawler mode, and uh, he's with a brawler that is sold as a complete monster, and then goes out there and is not only a monster, but an athletic monster.
0: Anything else?
1: Oh, Pitbull.
0: <laughs> Love Pipple. Pitbull. Pippo looked good. I wish there would have been Smas and that's why he would have lost. That would have made more sense.
1: Yeah, it's like, we'll probably never see again. Because it
0: was literally he lost because of his arrogance, which I guess is a story to tell. But he was too
1: badass. Like, it's one thing to be arrogant and, like, good, but he was, like, too fucking badass for the arrogance to be a big enough downfall.
2: And I didn't understand necessarily I mean, maybe it's just because he went on the attack afterwards but the Sandman insta-feud
0: uh, I mean we're I, gonna be confused I think lot, it literally just early on starting starting a feud and that's just getting the people in front Sandman's of, the you know people's champion or whatever at this time so he's like oh you're beating up one of our guys I'm gonna come you know help him out that yeah they're like
1: a s- establishing stars on cable access so it's just like oh well if we just get him in front of people yeah. I feel like it's one of those things, it's not is we're not on, like, TNT, we don't have a cable show, we don't have the resources, so if we just get him in front of people and they,
0: they know who he is. You know. Yeah,
1: if he gets out there and people do wild shit, then
2: uh, just get me, their name in the head. Best moment would be Polly's final promo at the end. Absolutely. Just because, really I mean, he, he showed right there that he was, you know, a good 30 years ahead of. The wrestling world today and he's only gotten better and better as the years have gone by so
1: better and like different it's like oh he's still the same guy but he like aged into his role and you can put this promo next to a new one and be like okay well that's what heck that I would probably sound like 30 years later if he stayed in wrestling Terry Funk's dog thing really did a good job of
0: putting Cebu over like when I first because it was that... so
1: dark and it was dark, and all it did was compliments of it.
0: Yeah, when I first heard the promo, I was kind of like, huh? And then I like watched it again to like, get, you know, because I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I was trying to get the words and everything. I was like, okay, I see what he's going for. And I was like, this is really good. Yeah,
1: it's really intense and super. It's like very upsetting because he's like talking about being a kid and his dog, yeah, like getting dog killed. Died and- it's it's really good. It's yeah. really really good.
0: Oh, most disappointing,
1: Pitbull losing and probably never seeing him again.
0: Oh, I bet we see Pitbull some more. He's an EC. He's I mean, an ECW. There was AG. a little bit
1: like there was kind of like too much schmoz, uh with like the Sherry stuff, but at the same time, like that adds to the like fever pitch that they've already built. So like being there. It's incredible. Looking at it now, you're like, well, they could have done that Going
0: into the match, if you'd known that whoever the winner of that match was was getting a title shot, or Shane was getting a title shot versus that person. Yeah. I think the run-in would have made more sense too. Yeah, I mean, this is...
1: It's hard to crap on something that's legitimately doing this with, like, the least amount of, like, production and backing. Like, this is all just whatever we got. And what they're doing with it is hard to, like, criticize... But looking at it, a step back, you're like, okay, well, you didn't really give us the information very well. But we still say that today about pay-per-views that we watched in '93 in production.
0: Literally, if Joey says says that as the match gets going. Yeah, it probably makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. In, in I'd the rather way of, he said that and say. It the winner of the match before yes, the match yeah. has yeah. been started. That was my most disappointing. Yes, was... but
1: Joey's working his way into the role. I mean, He has been here you a long. you got to
0: remember, it also is a highlight show yeah. of, of something that happened two days ago. So a lot of people oh, yeah. might I mean, already, I, already know I get what it, happened. but then at
2: the same time, you're you're stealing from your potential new audience that you're gaining because you're giving away the answer before they're allowed to get in yeah. and, and ECW, see what's going to happen. That was
0: one of the things ECW was always really bad about, was like literally going well, this happened, okay, now Let's that I've told, told you what happened, here, let me show you. Yeah.
1: On and... the plus side, the thing that they did well was drag you into it with the violence and intensity. Yeah. So it's like, even though you already told me that, I was still like, oh, lean in. Oh, our... All right, Sabu, this is not the salt that he did on Shane Douglas. This is a whole new monster.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was my real main disappointment with it. Yeah, the other disappointment is nothing to do with the show itself. It's just the the quality Same of the quality yeah. We're lucky to even have the hobby. copy. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. kind of what it comes down to, but you know, that's not a an ECW problem there. That's just time.
0: Yeah. How about best performer of the night? Polly.
2: I
1: mean, I'm gonna go Cebu for turning himself into a star.
0: We'll we'll just make it a. Triple yeah. threat, a, a three-way and, dance, and, and I'm gonna go Terry Funk. Terry Funk. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Honestly, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, this is this whole clip show exists for that. Yeah.
0: And then how about most surprising? I guess like Pitbull probably Pitbull losing. losing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pitbull losing. I kind of forgot that Cherry was still around, so when she came out, I got I popped a
2: little bit. Do we know? Just because I'm used to seeing sherry be a heel terry funk oftentimes being a heel sabu a lot of times in a heelish way who was the heel and who was the face here i mean so i think I, if you're I with paulie i think you're a heel
0: so yeah. sabu is probably the heel in this cap yeah and yeah, then terry, terry funk established. terry's the face yeah, cause I mean, then... you had paulie jump in and hit
2: sabu or not sabu um, i mean like
1: terry funk was a face in japan but he was a heel in america basically yeah.
2: And say so that's what I'm used to mostly is Terry Funk being a heel. But then you're, Pauly now you're is usually the a heel that, yeah. too, so yeah. it's like, alright, which one are we actually going for? This here? is like
1: uh, like watching the Warriors and being like, well, who's the bad guy? It's like, well <laughs> the movie mostly like, focuses on this gang, so I guess they're the good ones, but like they're still all you know. They're all they're all, not they're all, good they're good all still like
0: they're gang all not good, people, Yeah, yeah.
2: Making their way to the ring
0: It's trivia time. This, we week, this week, the category is, What's in a Name? It's just a name, a name, a name, a name, a name. what's in a name? Hey, okay. <laughs> one of those ones again. I will give you the real name of a person, you give me the rest of their name. If you can give me the answer without multiple choice, it's five points. With multiple choice, it's three points. Mm-hmm. So the name I'm going to give you this week is... Kevin Wachholtz. Kevin Wachholtz? Wachholtz. W-A-C-H-O-L-Z.
1: I have no idea. I will, unless you buzz in, Shane, I will elect
2: myself to go to multiple choice. Hmm. Yeah, let's do choice, because I, off the top of my head, have no clue. Going to
0: multiple choice, and your four choices are... Brian Knobs, Nails, Norman the Lunatic, and One Man Gang. Oh shit! We went obscure this week. Yeah, we did. I have
1: my guess, but it was just on. It's all on instinct. Nails is my guess. My guess is Nails, and that is
2: correct. Oh my god! Nice.
1: I uh, I had to get one eventually. Nails, Watchels, I, I, I feel like maybe I looked at nails Wikipedia <laughs> once, and I was like, uh,
2: it just fits him more than it does. Yeah, I see in my head, every. I was thinking, say Barry Darso, say Barry Darso, because I know that one. I don't know why that was the name that popped in my head. <laughs> Who but... Barry Darso? Smash!
0: Smash. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> did not, Chef. Didn't know that. that Repo was Man. Special. So the scores as of now, we got Shane with forty-seven points. <laughs> Michael with 26. Oh my
1: gosh, I'm so far behind. Did I still got two points last?
2: I'm a whole time? person older, or a whole person who can drink older than your score. Uh, I know. Score. I know. And almost in person, probably too. No.
0: <laughs> Next week Battlefield 1994. That doesn't sound like
2: Battle Bowl, so I shouldn't be too scared yet. We're going over to Japan. Okay. You know, are we going to the
1: egg? Going to the dome.
0: Going to the dome.
1: Oh uh, well, you know what happens in the dome. Great shit. Uh, Meltzer gives everything five stars. We're going to the dome.
0: <laughs> That's right. So Tokyo, Japan's where we're going. I'm excited. You can find all of the matches at a New Japan World. So you should go out there and watch along with us.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah ab- abandon Peacock and party with us over at New Japan World. And yeah, or don't. Do whatever you feel. But. If you want some quality, it's bound.
2: I have a feeling it's going to be a much higher quality than we're used to watching for New Japan. I mean, as we far are as, uh, uh, on TV compared to the little oh some of the
1: stuff watched we were before. trying to watch it before. Yeah, like quality-wise, as yeah. far as like video and audio. Well,
0: quality. video and audio might be about the same, but maybe more. You'll official. get the full
1: batches. Yeah, yeah, that's nice too.
0: And now
2: yeah, that's been our main. Goal for it anyways is If we could only have this five minutes that they cut out of this
1: Yeah, we're working our way uh, In there, we're expanding our horizons We're not going straight WWF WCW We've been folding in Japan for a while And uh, I'm excited And And some ECW And I'm excited to Liven up this pool Instead of W's to W's We're adding E's and N's
0: (laughs) But we've made it through 93 going into 94 next week. I mean, oh shit.
1: Yeah, I know it's crazy. 93 moved quick. Was Vader the MVP of 93? It's hard to hard to choose, but I had a lot of fun with Vader in 93. Hilmer Hart probably. Had a lot of fun with Vader in 93. There's some real good ones.
0: I don't know. Yeah, Yoko in there too. Yoko had to lay down to Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Yeah.
1: At least he had the opportunity to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> probably a
0: pretty good paycheck. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Music from this week's show is Sad But True by Metallica. Sad but true. And Terry Funk won our main event, so we're gonna go with Fanfare for the Common Man by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer.
1: Uh, one, of the, one of these days, we're gonna sneak in some that really good Terry Funk song from that really good Terry Funk album that came out in...
2: Terry Funk put out an album? Yeah, it's
1: really good. We'll oh. send you the link on YouTube. <laughs> that's great. Terry!
0: If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts mm-hmm. at. You can, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, recipes, please hit us up on our email please at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Japan
2: is one of the most difficult ones to come up with. Oh, so no, uh, we
1: can, we can just, I'm going to hand make some gills next week. That's probably the true. Sounds like a
0: lot of work. But you can also do that on our Twitter. Find us there at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling H I S T O X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.